libel, slander, privacy? Is it safe to talk about real other people on your podcast? I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer. Stick around and we'll talk about this and more. So I got this question from uh, a viewer, and I thought it would be worth discussing. I've talked about this before on the show, but I will talk about it again, I'm sure. She says, I was thinking about getting into podcasting, and I have a few people who've agreed to talk about their healing through and from their relationships, how they've healed and how their life experiences and so on. And she's downloaded my podcast release form, which you can get at podcastrelease.com. Uh, there it is. Let's see. Podcast. It's not, nah, none of it's working on my button. Anyway, uh, podcast release.com. You get the release form and she's now asking me, is it safe for me to move forward with this show? Because I suspect that they are going to reveal private information. So is it safe? Well, really it all depends on how you go about things and, and what they say and those kinds of things. But generally speaking, here in the United States, we've got a very powerful First Amendment. Freedom of speech is powerful. So, look, people do not have any kind of ownership right of the facts of their lives. So, if I want to talk about someone I used to date or something like that and what we, how things went with us and so on, generally speaking, it is legal for us to talk about other people as long as what we're doing is truthful. As long as we're telling the truth and as long as you're not revealing what's inherently private information or somehow because of the technology you're using, if you're intruding into their private space or showing, you know, private photos or videos, you know, things like um, uh, revenge porn are certainly illegal uh, and, uh, and just revealing very private stuff. So first, what we have to do is talk about defamation. You want to make sure that you are not publishing defamatory statements about people. This can happen when your guests are trash-talking their exes, for example, something like that, or, or someone they worked with. Defamation is the umbrella term that covers slander, uh, which is when statements are made you know, orally transmitted between a small number of people in a small group with no technology or recording or any of that kind of thing going on. And libel is the more widely disseminated statements that are made using, you know, when you're on a, in a big audience, big environment where there's a lot of people in the audience or you're recording or broadcasting or podcasting, doing YouTube, those kinds of things. So that would be libel. And this, in this instance, uh, when you're talking about a podcast, it's going to be libel. Now, a statement is defamatory or it is libel if it is false and published in a way that causes harm to a the reputation or the person standing in the community of a particular identifiable person as long as it looks. So it needs to be a, a statement that purports, purports to be a fact that's false and when published refers to this particular identifiable person and hurts their reputation or causes them to lose their standing in the community or suffer business losses or those kinds of things. Now, when the person you're talking about is a public figure, like, I don't know, a police chief or a president or maybe an actor or some sort of celebrity, an athlete, well, they would also then have to prove an additional element. Not only do they have to prove that you published a false statement that looked like a fact, but it was actually false and it hurt their reputation, you also have, they also have to prove actual malice. That is that you knew or should have known 
the statement is false. So here's the thing. You have a guest on your show and the guest starts talking about their ex-spouse or ex-relationship or whatever. And they start saying things that either aren't true or that you can't prove are true, right? And even though it's the guest who is saying the thing, you, the podcaster, the host, the producer of the show, because you are the one recording and publishing and, and you know, uh, exploiting it, you can also be held liable. So this means you need to fact check. Any kind of statement that comes out of a guest's mouth that um, that could be, you know, harmful to the person's reputation is something you need to think hard about whether or not to include it. Now, in live streaming, what do you do if somebody says something and you're on a live stream? You, you can't go back and fix it and post because it's already out there. You can't unring a bell as the expression that we use. But um, you can certainly question the person. Is that really true? Are you sure? You know, that kind of thing. And that's a good approach because then you are editorializing about the comment and making sure, you know, do you have backup for that? Those kinds of things. And and look, if you, if you do fact check, you want to make sure you can verify this information from at least one other source other than the guest who's saying it. Okay? And especially you got to be on the lookout for things like accusations – that someone committed a crime or that they suffer from some kind of a loathsome disease. You know, usually that's an STD or something or leprosy is one of them, you know, those kinds of things. Or that they engaged in some kind of business or professional misconduct or impropriety or, uh, or that the person is unchaste. Usually that's about women and it's a little archaic these days. But those things, these things are considered libel per se and it is assumed that if they're false, they can cause reputational harm. And it does not matter whether or not the statement being made was scripted or live or unscripted. If it's false and it hurts their reputation and it's an identifiable person and it's not just a mere opinion or or you're reporting on an allegation somebody made, those kinds of things. A factual statement about a person that's false and harms them doesn't matter whether it was scripted or, or extemporaneous or anything else. You can be liable for it. So that's why it's – you got to be really cautious and do the fact checking and be skeptical and those kinds of things. Now, on that new or should have known malice standard, new or should have known that it was false. You know, obviously, if you're doing scripted, you have more time and and uh, resources to investigate those kinds of things. But even then, the exigencies of things don't get you off the hook. So that's defamation and those libel per se. The the um, Accusation of a crime, a loathsome disease, engaged in a business or professional misconduct or impropriety or that a person is unchaste. Well, those are libel per se. It's assumed that they're false and and that if they're false, they cause real harm. And you don't have to go proving a lot of damages in there. The court and the jury can just make an award. So that's the defamation part of this discussion. The other side of this discussion that we have to look at is privacy law. Um, we have to look at whether or not you are revealing stuff that is inherently protected private stuff. Some details about people's lives just are supposed to be kept private. For example, suppose you're talking to a woman, you're interviewing about her, her, you know, how she recovered from her, you know, bad marriage or something like that. And she's talking about her ex and she mentions that, that, that ex has some kind of weird kinky bedroom preference. So that's pretty private stuff that really ought to be off limits. And unless it really is newsworthy or, you know, a matter of some kind of public concern, I think you keep that out just to play it safe. It's off limits. 
or suppose someone outs their ex in a, some kind of a same-sex relationship where that person hasn't ever been public. They've never been out of the closet about this. That could also be a private kind of a thing. Medical history, medical uh, status, taking particular medic medications, um, that's protected by you know federal laws, HIPAA, and so we should respect those things as private as well. Um, what else is uh, educational uh, records and history can be considered private um, and uh, um, employment records, somebody being disciplined on the job for something. Um, it may seem innocuous, but it could hurt their reputation. It could hurt their employment at the next job or something like that. So these kinds of things need to be uh, – you think hard about them and make sure it's newsworthy and and that it – you know, you're justified in, in revealing it. Otherwise, bleep it, cut it out. Question it, those kinds of things. Now, one way that some people try to protect themselves is to anonymize their guests by not allowing their true identities to be revealed or to anonymize the people they're talking about. But that isn't always enough. Earlier today, I was talking to a woman who's writing a book about her experiences in a particular job and, and it's a Me Too story and so on. And she's talking about the people she worked with at this particular company or business. And um, even though she's changed their names, she's using her own name. So anybody with a little deductive reasoning could go figure out what company we're talking about and who the bosses were and those kinds of things. So it's probably not enough to just sanitize the names of the people that guests mention because you could still be liable if those people can be identified even without being named. For example, let's say you've got a, a guest who used to be a police captain back in Peoria, Peoria, Illinois in 2015. Well, they're talking about the people they worked with and even if you change the names of the, you know, the command staff at the police station, it still would be possible for someone to figure out who they're talking about and if you cause them a reputational injury or something, or you reveal private stuff about them, you could be held liable. So what can you do to protect against these kinds of claims? Well, look, ultimately, it's a question of using your good judgment about each episode. And, and you can't have a rule of thumb that covers every situation. So you got to listen back. you got to edit out things that you think could be questionable or harmful to somebody's reputation or invading their privacy or those kinds of things. And if you really have questions, you can always hire me or another lawyer familiar with this area of law. There's a handful of us out there. You could always hire me, <coughs> excuse me, to do some pre-publication review if you have episodes that you, you know, you're just not sure about or you're worried about and those kinds of things. So that's the concerns you have when you, um, when you uh, uh, talk about other people on your show. So in the chat I'm seeing, Bree is asking me the question, um, is the responsibility uh, ever placed on the digital host, the YouTube or the podcasting host or so on, versus the creator and author? And the answer to that is no. You might have heard uh, in this week in the news, the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act has been Big news this week. The Supreme Court heard a, an important case about uh, Section 230 and whether or not YouTube could be held liable for some of its actions in transmitting certain videos that that uh, uh, radicalized an uh, Islamic terrorist who then killed somebody. And, and in that instance, YouTube is relying on Section 230, which says that the provider of these internet information services that allow others to post – you know, their users to post content – 
they are immune from lawsuits over this kind of stuff. And defamation and privacy are definitely that class of uh, uh, of the kinds of things that they're immune from. Now, intellectual property law, copyright, we have the DMCA, the takedown procedures and so on. That doesn't exist for other kinds of claims. So it's very hard for uh, an aggrieved plaintiff to come after the YouTubes, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the you know the the podcast host companies and so on they have to go after the actual publisher of the material and that's you the podcaster or the guest themselves um and you know the the safe money for lawyers is is uh you know uh go after everybody and let them sort it out among themselves you know lets you and him fight basically so that that's sort of the 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 lawyer game there so you want to be really really careful about these kinds of things now, I want to just take a quick moment to mention to you my other, one of my other shows. Of course, you know, for years, I've been doing Entertainment Law Update, an audio-only podcast uh, for entertainment law practitioners and students and folks in the entertainment industry. But just recently, I uh, was invited to participate in a show uh, on Numospect Media um, uh, that we call Fuzzy Logic, and I thought I had a picture to put up here. So let me see if I can, if I can find that image. Uh, but it's me. And uh, when we went looking for a co-host, we hit a home run. we got Elsie Escobar. Elsie is a, a well-known face and name in the podcasting and media creation community. And if you don't know her, you should. Uh, and uh, she and I are hosting a live, live stream and podcast show every Friday morning. 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. If you're in between them, you can figure out the time zone. Uh, it's on YouTube, and I, I usually simulcast it and stream it on my channels here uh, on Facebook and YouTube and and uh, and others as well. But uh, come on over. You can go to fuzzy-logic, that's L-A-W-G-I-C.com. I, I apologize. I don't have a, a title. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Here we go. Fuzzylogic.com. Com, and uh, you can come on over there and uh, and check us out. We do that, like I said, every Friday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And we talk about issues relating to the media creation landscape. We've talked about uh, artificial intelligence on our first episode. We've talked about deep fakes on our second episode. And our third episode happens tomorrow morning. If you're, watch if you're listening to this or watching it in real time on Thursday. Friday, the... Uh, what is it? The 24th of March, we are covering the topic of uh, 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 misrepresentation, deception, fraud, and uh, transparency, the need for transparency in marketing and communications. And we'll be talking about a, a host of things where this comes up as an issue. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's exciting. Elsie and I have a fun back and forth vibe and the the, the host moderator of the panel, Trevor Tomian, is fantastic. He does a nice job of keeping it light, keeping it fun, but also getting to the meat of the issues. And uh, behind the scenes, Brie Campano from Numaspect Media Labs is uh, pushing the buttons, making things happen, and making us look good. So it's a lot of fun. I will hope you will join us for uh, for Fuzzy Logic every Friday morning. And, um, and that's going to be about it for uh, this. Uh, this episode of, uh, of uh, Easy Legal, excuse me, this episode of Legit Podcast Pro is brought to you by Easy Legal for Podcasters, my signature uh, course and uh, tool set for podcasters and digital media creators. If you are 
looking to get legal and get legit, uh, this is how you'll find out more about it. I've got a, a, a workshop coming up in a couple of weeks now. Uh, my uh, legal business and legal fundamentals for podcast uh, growth and profit is coming up in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned, listen in on this channel uh, in the future, and we'll be inviting you to that as well. So that's going to be it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I am Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and I'll see you again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time for the next episode. Have a great week.